Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Four Corners Podcast. I am your host, as always, Money Miles J, because when money talks, people listen. And today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, we are going over the Fastlane 2021 pay-per-view. This is the first review on Peacock, the stream. Obviously, it's a test run. So we're going to see how it holds up. How the matches go about, and we're gonna go in order from first match all the way up to the main event. So let's go ahead, not wasting time, and let's get started. So first match of the night is a pre-show match. It is the United States Championship on the line between the champion Matt Riddle versus the challenger Mustafa Ali. Now, backstory. Mustafa Ali and Retribution. This group has been poorly booked from the beginning. And I really don't think there was any way of saving this group. I felt like if if Mustafa Ali was joining, then he could definitely bring something to it. Or it could help elevate him, make him a little bit more of a main event status. But it never came to be. Every single time, like they just went in the wrong direction. Every time that they try to do something with with them, they went about it the wrong way. They made them constant losers every so often. In fact, speaking of losers, Ali had just came off a loss to Matt Riddle this past Monday on Raw for the United States Championship, in which one of the members of Retribution had got involved. I can't remember their names. They're all so stupid. Had actually got into distracting the referee when Matt Riddle went for a roll-up or sunset flip, but Ali had quickly reversed it, and he was still distracting the referee. So it didn't work out for him, obviously. With that being said, he started started fussing in the members of Retribution and challenged Matt Riddle for one more time. That is this Sunday. So here we are. Um, the match started off. Pre- the match started off pretty well. Um, it was a nice back and forth between Mustafa and Riddle. There was a few spots here and there. Ali really showed off his athleticism, like he actually did a handspring into the corner at some points. The jumps that he went through, like they were really good. But that doesn't mean that Riddle was a str- was a slouch. <clears throat> Matt Riddle bringing his MMA. St- bring some of his MMA style to the ring. Like, he really is athletic, very strong, very agile. The match pretty much ended with a super bro Derek, right off the middle rope, Brett's rope, as we call it. At least me and my sister call it Brett's rope. <laughs> um, Brett's rope, the second rope. And the entire match... Retribution didn't interfere whatsoever, and he still lost. Matt Riddle won and defended the title, 
fair and square. So now, they actually, at the end of the match, he's still fussing and frustrated. And he's fussing at, he's fussing at the group. Retribution, he starts getting in Reckoning's face. For those who don't know, Reckoning is me at Yim. So he's getting in her face, fussing at her, telling her to get back in line. She's pretty much just had it. And she walks out. And then the other guy, I forgot his name. I think it was Slapjack or something like that. He ends up walking out. And then we have T-Bar and Mace. They both deliver a choke slam straight to Mustafa. So hopefully this means that Retribution is done and over with. If not, at least have some of them come back and become, at least repackage them, give them a different name other than Retribution. There's got to be something. Like, give them a clean slate. Some of these guys can really work, but they just they just need direction. Real direction. Um, they got to they gotta repackage these guys. Let them be these badasses. But they got to somehow no longer use the name Retribution. They're going to have to change up their style and just be either themselves or just just kind of just just get that retribution stink off of them but the match is a, but going back to the match the match I got to give it I got to give it maybe a th- I'm probably going to say a 3 out of 5 it wasn't that bad it was pretty short um showed off some of their athleticism it was pretty much um by the books not too many issues here and there next up we have the Women's Tag Team Championship on the line. We have the champions, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, going up against Bianca Belair and the SmackDown Women's Champion, Sasha Banks. With this match, I felt like it was pretty pointless because if they weren't winning the Tag Team Championships last month, then there's no point in them winning it this month and going into WrestleMania with the Tag Team titles. Like, we really don't need that. We really need more women in the tag team, in the tag team, women's tag team division, gunning for the title. Take for take for instance, the women that showed up on SmackDown, Nia Jax. I mean, not Nia Jax. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Natalia and Tamina. Now they are a powerhouse of a tag team that could be a threat. So, but I, I digress. To the match. This match actually was a lot better than the one that they had last month. The last last month they looked like they had never been in the ring with either, any of them. Nobody's been in the ring with each other. They're all they were all over the place. It was terrible. But this time around, it seems like they really meshed well. They got to understand each other, and it looks pretty smooth. It looks a lot better than. Than what it was last time. Um, there was only there was one spot in particular, and, and I'm going to get to it. it's close to the finish of the match where Bianca Belair has has um, Shayna Baszler up, and Sasha, and when she drops her, Nia Jack, not Nia, but Sasha ends up giving her a kick right to the face, 
and it was it was a little reminiscent of when of when Shayna did the same thing to Oscar and put her out of commission. Finishing the match, Sasha Banks has has the bank statement locked on Shayna Baszler. Bianca Belair tries to get in to stop Nia Jax from interfering. Nia Jax ends up tossing, and I mean, and I mean, really pushing Bianca Belair onto onto Sasha and Shayna, breaking up the submission hold. Sasha ends up getting very angry at Bianca, tells her to get back, calling her a rookie. And then all of a sudden we have a we have a roll up on Sasha. And one, two, three, it's over. Just like that. We have the women's tag team championships retained with a roll up. Of course, their favorite finish. After the match, we have Sasha Banks and Bianca going at it going at each other, just fussing. And Sasha ends up slapping Bianca and leaving. Now we've been expecting this. We've been hoping that if if one of them was going to turn heel, they had to be Sasha. It only made sense. Have heel Sasha Banks go up against babyface Shayna Baszler for the women's championship. Now, honestly, for me, I really don't think that it mattered if we had a heel or babyface. Like both of these women are some of the best, most athletic women on the roster, and seeing. And seeing them go at it in the main especially if it was like the main event, like it's one it's it's really worth it. It's great to see these two because they have really shown what they can do in one on one matches. They've gotten better in tag team matches. So to see them two working to, working together in a women's championship match at WrestleMania is gonna be huge. I really think this I really think this match is gonna be pretty good. When it comes to the build-up, the build-up could have been a lot better. But we still got a few more weeks up until WrestleMania. So hopefully we can build up something better. Maybe have Sasha go full heel. But all in all, I'm, I'm still looking forward to it. Now, we come to the match that I was actually looking forward to the most, which is Apollo Crews challenging Big E for the Intercontinental Championship. I was really hoping for this match to be at WrestleMania. Probably still could, but we'll see. We this feud that we have here is very good. At least the build-up is, and they've been having matches against each other for quite some time. Um, it's been Big E mostly dominating. There was at one point where there was a double pin, and they restarted the match. And going to Talking Smack, you guys got to check out Talking Smack for Paul Heyman alone. He is one of the best talkers in the company. And this was a great motivational talk to Apollo Crews. Like he tells him that you let your friendship with Big E interfere with winning, interfere with your work. Because basically, you pin the champion. That should either make you the champion or put you in contendership for the championship. There shouldn't be any rematches. And he told him that all you're doing now is just being a pretender to the throne. The pretender to Big E's throne. 
what you need to do is go leave here being a pretender and then come back with the title like a man. Like Paul, I can't put it to justice, but Paul Heyman's work and motivation was just phenomenal. And it's one of the best. But anyway, he ends up attacking Big E, turning heel for the first time. And he starts speaking in his natural accent. And this feud starts to heat up. Like, they really do a good job in going back and forth verbally and bringing a lot of heat towards this. So the match starts off pretty pretty good, like how a match should start off. A feud should start off. It didn't start off with them wrestling. They started brawling, going after each other. They had quite a few bits of displays of power, like big E's, belly-to-belly um, -belly suplexes, and then also Apollo Crews doing multiple German suplexes on Big E. It was just a great display for both of these guys. And the thing is, Apollo Crews is not only just strong, but he's athletic. Like this guy does even does a stand does standing moonsault. So then we get to the supposed finish of the match. It was a little odd because it felt like it it felt like it wasn't the real finish of the match. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, the referee messed up. I'm not sure if she miscounted or what happened. But we have Big E going for the big ending. He misses. Then we have Apollo Crews going for a small package. It gets tilted over. The pin gets counted where Apollo Crews is, is, is the loser again. They announced Big E is the winner. Like, you can't tell me that I wasn't a botch. Somebody messed up somewhere. I was hoping that what it would do is it would be a double count, a double pin, or it would be like a disqualification. Some type of, some messed up finishes, which would lead them into a stipulation-based match at WrestleMania be a ladder match, steel cage match, or something. <clears throat> Excuse me. But then you have, after the match, Apollo Crews beating up on Big E, getting the upper hand. I got to give, I, it was pretty short, maybe like five minutes or so, but all in all, I got to give this, I got to at least give this match a 3.5 out of 5. It was way too, it was a little too short, but I'm hoping it's to lead to something else. But all in all, it's a pretty solid match. Big guys going against each other. Both of them very agile. I would I would I would I I'm on the fence on recommending this because I feel like this is just only a stepping stone. But the problem is that this only shows that Paulo Cruz can't get it done. It, it's it's terrible how they did this. But hopefully we can get it right. All right. So next up, we have Braun Strowman going up against Shane McMahon. Oh, scratch that. We have him going up against Elias. 
apparently earlier Shane McMahon had suffered a knee injury while he was training for his match against Braun Strowman tonight. Obviously, you know, he's just, well, you already know what he's doing. Being one of those um, chicken shit heels where he's pretending to be injured, that type of thing. So he ends up getting Elias to stand in for him. And it's pretty much a squash match. Not much not much to say about it. Just a squash match. A small small moment where he does get the upper hand. But very by the numbers when it comes to it. Just pretty much destroys him and then walks off. That was pretty much it for for the whole thing with um, Braun Strowman. Um, him and Shane are, have been feuding for the past few weeks. Shane McMahon going back to his old tropes of using using um the opponent's t-shirt and just making a mock version of it. That's funny. Uh, I remember he did that with X-Pac and said X-Punk or whatever. You know, you know those cheesy things they used to do. That type of thing. But yeah, um, not that much. Um, gotta give them, sorry, but I gotta give the match, maybe, and I'm being generous here, I'm gonna give it two out of five. It's not, it's not much, but there wasn't really too many screw-ups or anything like that, so it was just, it was okay, it was an okay, solid match, real quick, squash, done, but it was just, they really didn't need a whole bait and switch for it. So hopefully we're going to end up getting Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman at WrestleMania. All right. Next up, we have Seth Rollins going up against Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, Seth and Nakamura's son started a little few once Seth got back. Um, It wasn't really anything noteworthy, but... Well, no, I thought it would be for an interesting match between these two. Um, started a small feud, so here we are. Um, the match is not too bad. Seth pretty much dominated through a majority of the match. Um, with some small spots with, with Shinsuke taking over, taking control. But it was mostly Seth throughout this whole thing. Um, the finish of the match was... Seth Rollins going for a curb, hitting him with the curb stomp as usual. I mean, it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. It was, a, it was a pretty basic match. I really don't have much to say about this one. Um, I don't know where either one of these guys are going. I really was hoping that this could help build Shinsuke Nakamura back up, but it seems more garnered towards Seth Rollins and stumbling his dominance. Um, this match, I got to give it another three out of five. Um, it was pretty much one-sided for a majority of the match. It had its moments. There was one scary spot where where Seth had, had Shinsuke on the top rope and kind of pushed his leg, and he fell. That was kind of that was kind of a scary spot. Didn't know how he landed or anything like that. So it was a little, so it was a little interesting, a little scary. So. The match itself was, like I said, wasn't that bad. Um, didn't last too long. A lot of these matches don't last too long, but it was, it was what it was.
Now, we have one of our main event matches. We have Sheamus going one-on-one against Drew McIntyre in a no-holds-barred match. Now, obviously, this has been building up. They bring up their history as friends in real life growing up and when they were when they were both getting started in the business. Sheamus and Drew McIntyre both started in Irish Whip in Irish Whip Wrestling and so forth. Talked about their time in Florida Championship Wrestling. But in the beginning of the match, Drew McIntyre comes out first and he's got on the war paint, looking like Braveheart. So they waste no time. They start going at each other and getting the kendo sticks out. And then there's one spot where when they were getting the kendo sticks and everything like that, they lift up the ring apron. And you can see there's a monitor right underneath the ring for when people who are underneath the ring can can take a look and see when their spot is coming up. And it always it always annoyed me that that they would have that there and kind of show it, kind of kills it, you know? But, like, this match is pretty good. Like, they really lay into each other, start hitting each other with potatoes left and right. I mean, they go all out. Sheamus, looking at his body throughout the match, like, you can see the wear and tear on him, like, the red markings on his chest and cuts on his back from the kendo stick. Like they just brawl all over the place. They brawl into the into what would be the fan area, what of the Thunderdome, I guess you call it that. Where the monitors are. I guess they're monitors. The screens, I should say. The virtual fans. They start brawling up there. And like the, And like it's just It was just so intense because at one point you even had Drew McIntyre um, throw him through the monitors. <laughs> and I just think about the fans that were actually right there when they did that. So it's kind of messed up. There's two, there's what, two or four spots for fans that are not, not going to be missing out of having their face on screen. I was thinking, you know, that's that's very inconsiderate. But he ends up, but he ends up finding a way to kind of try to cart him back to the ring. They still have a bit of back and forth. Like they really go at it. There was a super um, Celtic cross through the announce table. Like they jump up from the barricade through the announce table and just just making it implode. I mean, these guys, they go all out, and I really loved it. I just thought it was great. There was a, um, I can't remember what the thing was in the middle of the ring. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a piece of the, it was like a piece of the, um, a piece of the announce table that they had in the middle of the ring, and he ends up hitting Sheamus with the Future Shock DDT, and he falls on it. Then he, right immediately after, he hits him with the Claymore. One, two, three. And we have the winner, Drew McIntyre. Now, I was actually hoping that it would be Sheamus to get the win. 
And I know a lot of people are wondering, like, why would why should Sheamus get the win? Drew McIntyre is going for the title. He should look strong. Yes, that is true. But he's already got his shot at the title regardless. Regardless of whether he wins or loses this match, it doesn't matter. He's going to WrestleMania for the title. It's similar to the situation, I think it was like 2001. I think, yeah, I think it was like 2001. On WrestleMania, on leading up to WrestleMania 17, we had Triple H and and Steve Austin going at each other in a three stages of hell match. When that happened, Austin, I guess because it was two out of three falls, it really didn't matter. But because Austin, because Austin lost, and it didn't hurt him in any way. Because it was more of a neutral loss where they just where they just both passed out on top of each other. But it didn't hurt Austin in any way to lose to Triple H during that night. Because either way, he was going on to WrestleMania. He was going to be fine. He was already strong. And what that does is that actually puts that actually put Triple H in a spot to say, like, hey. He's the champion. He won. I beat him. So I should have a shot at the title. So this so had this been had this been the case where Sheamus beat Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre goes to WrestleMania, wins the WWE Championship, then he's already got a built in feud right there. You got Sheamus and Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. He's already he's already got a he already got a win over Drew McIntyre. So that'd be perfect. But they didn't seem to be thinking of that. They wanted to make Drew look strong as possible going into WrestleMania for the title against Bobby Lashley. So, here we go. I got to give the match. I really got to give this match. I got to give it a four out of five. Like, these guys really put their all in this. They They really wanted to destroy each other. And it felt like they wanted to just annihilate each other. This is what I was talking about. Whatever was going on during the Big E, um, the Big E and Apollo Crews match, that intensity, that anger, that fire, that that rage, that was this evolved. Like they did a really good job in just showing, like, hey, I don't care. I want to hurt you, like. This ain't about wrestling. This is about proof. This is about me proving that I'm better than you, and I'm gonna destroy you for everything that you've done. Like it was really like a feud done really well. Now we get to the intergender match between Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton. Now Randy Orton's been in a feud with the Fiend for quite some time. It pretty much culminated into an inferno match. In which he pretty much poured gasoline all over the fiend and set him on fire at the end. Alexa Bliss looking for revenge. Just taunts Randy Orton, making him spit up black goo like she's Papa Shango or something. And it's just been going on and on and on ever since. It felt like it felt like forever. Then finally she told Randy that if he that if he truly wants her out of his life, then 
sell it in the, sell it in the ring in Fastlane. So we get Randy Orton, Alexa Bliss. Randy Orton's in the ring, and lo and behold, black goo again out of his mouth. Alexa Bliss comes out like normal. Start off the match, and there's a close-up of some fire that looks like it was hitting Randy Orton in the face. He charges after Alexa. She ducks out of the ring. He follows her. She looks up after he stops, looks up, and there's a lighting. There's a piece of the lighting that falls straight down on him. Like they are really taking advantage of fans not being in the building. <laughs> but yeah, it was like something out of a cartoon, which I guess was the point. But anyway, um, get back and finally get back into the ring. She somewhat shoots a fireball at him. It, it's. It's a lot of weirdness that they go through with this. And then we have a hand come up from under the ring. Lo and behold, it's the fiend. And he looks hideous. And I mean and I mean that in a good way. Like he looks something like something out of a horror movie. I think the best way to describe him is that he looks like Looks like how Chucky did in near the end of the very first child's play after he was all burnt up and everything like that. Um, he comes up like you see his hair burnt up. He has a discolored eye, much like how Kane used to have. And so he comes up, he hits him with Sister Abigail. And then Alexa Bliss pins him and I'm putting air quotes here pins him one two three and wins the match uh huh. the way that she pinned him huh. yeah I'm pretty sure pretty sure a lot of her fanboys are gonna go crazy um I wouldn't I'm reluctant to even call this even a match really this was just I don't know what I don't know what it was but um I gotta give I gotta give it maybe one star. I seriously gotta give it one star out of five. It wasn't really much of a match. It wasn't a match at all. They had little. They had little to absolute no contact whatsoever with each other. The only contact that they had was at the end when Alexa pinned him, and what a pin! But yeah, this was a great way to have the Fiend return. My goodness. He, this this new version of the fiend is gonna give me nightmares. I mean, man, they really made him look burned. This is how Kane should have looked underneath his mask. Like it is freaky. I love I love all this work. It's it's amazing the amount of detail that they put into this thing. So I am looking forward to seeing the fiend. Go up against Randy Orton at WrestleMania. And finally, we have our main event. We have Daniel Bryan taking on Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Winner goes on to face Edge at WrestleMania. Edge has been assigned the the role of the special guest enforcer. So in case anything happens to the referee, which we all know will happen, he will be an authority. So... Let's see what happens. 
The match starts off pretty pretty basic, where we have Daniel Bryan taking the brunt of the the brunt of the injuries from Roman Reigns, getting kicked, punched, and hit. Daniel Bryan looks has kind of a pathetic kind of demeanor towards him, which is interesting. Daniel Bryan is a badass. And people don't want to give him credit for it. But so is Roman Reigns. The thing is with Daniel Bryan is that he is a technical badass. Like, I want to describe him, compare him to, to like a, I don't want to describe, I don't want to compare him to, to a specific wrestler. But we're talking about specifically in-ring work. He reminds me of Chris Benoit. You know, Dynamite Kid, those guys, guys from Calgary that were just technical masters. He is he fits right in with those guys. Like, man, you cannot find anybody else that's even close to them. But it starts off but Daniel Bryan, he really does this whole thing where he's trying to irritate Roman Reigns. Similar to how he did when he had a match against Brock Lesnar had his match against Brock Lesnar. But it does pay off. Daniel Bryan does get his comeback. It is a pretty good back and forth between the two. He vowed to make Roman Reigns tap out. And Daniel Bryan even said that this might be his last chance to main event WrestleMania or going or leave or even have a WrestleMania match. He knows he's not going to have that many left in him. So I can understand. He's thinking about his future. There was a spot, finally, where the referee got knocked out by Daniel Bryan unintentionally. Edge, com- Edge comes in a little bit after checking the referee. Roman Reigns has him down for a pin. Edge goes for the count. Daniel Bryan kicks out. And he just, go- he just goes wailing on Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan finally gets him, gets reverses, reverses, gets him into, into the yes lock. Then all of a sudden, Jey Uso comes out and attacks, attacks Edge, attacks Daniel Bryan, comes in with a steel chair, tries to attack Bryan. Bryan, Bryan was able to reverse it. He goes for the, goes to grab the chair and he and he starts beating up Jey Uso, getting him out of the ring. So then finally, he goes to try and attack Dan, and try try and attack Roman Reigns. Ducks out of the way, ends up hitting Edge, blasting Edge in his side by accident. He eats a Superman punch by Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns tries to go, tries to go for another. Excuse me, Roman Reigns tries to go for a spear. Daniel Bryan has him in, puts him in the label lock. I'm sorry, the yes lock, and he has him locked in. And it looks like he was tapping out. Like he was tapping, he was technically tapping out. And then all of a sudden, Edge comes out of nowhere and just blasts him with the chair. Out of anger and retaliation, he blasts Daniel Bryan with the chair. And then he hits Roman Reigns with the chair. And then hits Daniel Bryan again. Frustrated, he leaves. Like, man, this just seems so heelish. Like man, like this could really benefit with with the heel, babyface, 
and then Edge being being the tweener, I really feel like that would be a good dynamic between those three. But Edge just walks off after blasting them both. Roman Reigns gets the strength back to crawl over to Daniel Bryan and goes for the pin, and he ends up getting the win. Roman Reigns ends up defending the Universal Championship against Daniel Bryan. All in all, gotta give this I gotta give this match another gotta give this match a four out of five. It was a really slow build. Really slow build, but the climax of this was pretty good. A little dull at the end though. I don't know what they're doing with Edge entirely unless they're planning on doing what I what I'm pitching right now is having a three way match between them where Edge is the is the tweener, Daniel Bryan is the babyface, and you got Roman Reigns as the heel. But it's just it's just a little no direction on what they're doing with this. I'm gonna give them a chance. It's WrestleMania season. So sometimes they like to do slow build or interesting build. We still got a couple weeks, so let's just see what they got. Um all in all for this preview, I gotta give it I gotta be straightforward i'm giving this pay-per-view a d plus it certainly wasn't the worst pay-per-view of the year but it definitely was nowhere near the best um you have a few small spots that shine with a couple matches like but you only got to see those matches shine for just a little bit so you really didn't really get a good feel of what all of these all these competitors can truly do and all in all, this ma- this pay per view itself is just a is just a stop gap for WrestleMania, and it was truly unnecessary. It didn't really build up on anything other than the Daniel Bryan story between him and Roman Reigns, which might be ending, and probably the and probably the Apollo Cruz. Big E situation, it really didn't even build that because the match was pretty much considered a straight win for Big E. So with that, it really doesn't work. So it it didn't it didn't do its job in building up the main of building up the main event of WrestleMania. It didn't do its job in building up WrestleMania in general. A majority of this, I gotta say, at least eighty percent of this. Could have been done throughout the throughout the weeks, the past few weeks, leading up into WrestleMania, and it'd probably be even more interesting. All this pay per view was was just a was just a a test run, a trial run, if you will, to see how it works on Peacock. And I think that they're doing this way late in the game. I'm I was watching this on Peacock and. It did have quite a few latency issues during the live show, live showing of it. Unlike WWE Network, where you can go back and replay it right afterwards, this one you cannot. Like right after is right after it's done, it is done. You're gonna have to wait a while for it to come back. Strangely enough, I was able to watch the rewatch the Spanish version of it, so I didn't have to listen to the American announce team. Eh, not too bad. But I want to know what you guys think. If you guys get a chance, 
go to my go to my Twitter. It is at Miles J. That's M Y L E S J I, and you'll find that I put up a poll that I usually put up a poll to be reviewed. Give it, I give it a thumbs up, a thumbs down, or just say you didn't watch it. Let me know what you guys think of the pay-per-view yourselves. If you, if you want, give it a letter grade. Tell me what you think. In the meantime, I am still working on editing my videos for YouTube. I've been crazy busy with my work and a lot of stuff going on personally. But I'm doing my absolute best. I want to try and keep up with you guys as much as possible. I'm going to do my best to try and even get a few more news, wrestling news episodes i'll be updating you guys with some more of that and my new schedule that i'm working on all right and that is it for the podcast i appreciate you guys sticking with me and listening out i want you guys to be well stay safe and take care